welcome to the Transit Lounge. I'm your host, Chandra. As a recovering workaholic, I want to explore how you can do more of what you love without burning out. I'm on a mission to promote true well-being, the contented state of being happy, healthy, and prosperous. Through interviews with savvy entrepreneurs, authors, and industry experts, we'll share insights, inspiration, and practical tips on how you can be CEO you in the business of your life. Let's go. Hey, and welcome to this week's episode of The Transit Lounge. I can't believe this is episode 24. How did that happen? It seems to have gone so quickly. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate you listening. And I hope that today gives you some new food for thought. Now, today's episode is prompted because I recently listened to another podcast that included an interview with an author who just released a uh, new book, which is called The Mind of the Leader. And the author is called Rasmus Hugard, not really sure on the pronunciation. But anyway, so the book was called The Mind of the Leader. And I really loved the interview and I loved the insights that he shared about what he discovered through the various research projects that he and his team have done, as well as sharing some research from other research companies, I guess, about what's going on from a leadership perspective worldwide. And he actually referred to it as the starting point he referred to actually was about there being an engagement crisis that, and he mentioned some statistics, which I won't go into now, about the percentage of people who were actively engaged versus disengaged versus actively disengaged. And he compared it to having people in a canoe with only a very few people at the front of the canoe paddling forward and then people in the middle paddling a different direction and other people not paddling at all, which I kind of think was, was quite good to get a sense of what disengagement can do in an organization. But anyway, so he talked about the massive disengagement or engagement crisis as being the result of a leadership crisis. And I thought that was really interesting. And he shared some statistics from, I think it was a McKinsey study where they researched something like 250,000 people. And out of those people surveyed, people who were in a leadership role, about 82% of them said that they felt they were doing a really great job of creating engagement with their team. But the survey showed that 77% of people who reported to those leaders were saying that they were not doing a great job. So there's a huge disconnect between how someone perceives themselves as a leader versus how they are being received as a leader. And in his book and through all his research, he identified three key qualities that a good, strong leader needs to have. And we're going to have a look at that in today's episode. But the thing that stood out for me, whilst all of that is quite, you know, interesting and certainly reflective of my experience on the most part in my various corporate roles and my experience of leadership, I would agree that there's a bit of a disconnect between how people perceive themselves and how they are perceived by others. 
But I found myself thinking as I was listening to the podcast and I was at the gym at the time on the treadmill or whatever and I found myself really having this sort of inner struggle around how interesting it is to be researching and studying the impact of the effectiveness of present leadership but I started thinking well actually this actually starts with ourselves why are we looking outside of ourselves for inspiration as a leader especially when the studies consistently show that when we look externally what we find is increasingly disappointing some other stats that he shared was that 65 percent of people that were surveyed or would happily forego a pay rise if their manager was fired 65 percent that is massive that people would rather that their boss got fired than getting a pay rise that's pretty terrible so the thing for me is that I want to look at this because I think that leadership is something that applies to everyone and I remember hearing years and years and years ago from a guy called Kevin Larkins actually is who I think I heard it from I'm not sure if that's true but that's who I have in my mind that I heard it from and I don't even think it was his statement but I heard it from him so it's glued together is that you can lead from anywhere and that really struck me because I think up until that time I had been running with this assumption that actually leadership was something that stepped in when you were given a certain role and when I heard him say that it shifted the way I perceived leadership and it shifted the way I perceived what I was bringing to the table my big exploration in today's episode is I want us to have a look at these three key qualities that the research has shown are critical for successful leadership and I want us to consider applying it to ourselves because if we're not prepared to apply it to ourselves then why would we expect it from others I was chatting with a friend recently who's been through a pretty rocky road over the last probably month or so with a work project that included their global high-level exec team I don't even know they've probably got some fancy name that's not that but just think of them as the big head honchos who all flew into town and there was this massive massive sort of ripple effect of the planning that had to be done in regards to accommodation and meeting venues and food and just stuff that seemed so over the top to me that I'm so glad that I did not have to deal with it myself because I think I have a pretty low tolerance for that these days and there were a whole group of people who were I guess like the support crew for the senior leadership team and if we look at it through that lens of you can lead from anywhere the experience of those individuals and what they were demonstrating as their leadership style was very very different from the leadership style of the actual leader so I just see it as an opportunity that just because you haven't been given the title doesn't mean you're any less responsible for the impact of an experience that somebody has with you and how they would perceive you how they describe working with you to somebody else so let's have a look at these three core qualities that they identified as as critical for effective leadership 
So what they were was mindfulness, selflessness, and empathy. And it was interesting to hear the author talk about how surprised they were by some of these qualities of how highly they were ranked through the different surveys and research that they did. But I want to have a look at all three of them now, remembering that the lens that I want you to bring to this is not judging someone that you see as a leader in your work life, professional life, but to be applying these as qualities with the question of how are you bringing and developing these qualities for yourself in your own life, professionally and personally. So let's have a look at the first one. First one was mindfulness. And if you've been listening to the podcast for a little while, you know that I am a fan of mindfulness and I will be doing some more episodes exploring some more of different mindfulness practices and how you can develop that as a skill. But mindfulness is often confused with meditation and they are similar in that there's an overlap, but there's some important distinctions. So mindfulness is a way of being and this is infused throughout your whole life, not just when you are doing a meditation. Whereas doing mindfulness meditation, that is a specific time of practice of building the skill of mindfulness, which you can then apply off the cushion, as they sometimes say. And I think it was Sharon Salzberg, who is a fantastic mindfulness teacher in the States. And she often says that you don't meditate to become a better meditator you meditate to become a better human being and I love that I love the fact that it's not about doing the practice and having the practice be perfect it's about doing the practice so that you can draw on those skills in moments where it will serve you best being mindful or practicing mindfulness in day-to-day life allows you to actually be fully aware and present in all of your interactions, in all of your activities. This is, for me, a really critical skill to be developing and wanting to continue to develop because when you are being mindful, it allows you in any given moment to access the wisdom and experience that you have, to not just be reactive Because when you're reactive, you're playing at a very surface level. Whereas when you're being mindful and fully present, it allows you to just tap into that collective wisdom that you have. And especially if you're in a conversation, if you're in a meeting with someone and you're being mindful and fully present, that's going to be a far more productive and positive experience probably for both of you. And people can tell. When you are in conversation with someone or you're in a meeting, people can tell if you are truly fully present or not, or if you're just waiting until it's your turn to talk. Mindfulness also has been shown to improve your ability to focus and to improve creativity. And so this is not just a soft and fluffy woo-woo current kind of fad There is too much science and too much research 
that shows these positive benefits. And so for you as a leader in your own life, let alone in your role, the question is, how could you develop more mindfulness? Is it something that you currently explore? Is there something there that you might want to look into further? The second quality that they noted and found through their studies that was critical for effective leadership was selflessness. And this was one that they particularly noted they were surprised by at how highly it was ranked. And this seems to be, certainly from my experience, a really rare quality. And when I think back on it, I have had many, many different types of leaders in my various roles in my working career, most of whom didn't really display selflessness, I have to admit. A couple did, and there are a few who really stand out in my mind as being fairly selfless leaders. And those handful of people are people who truly have earned a great deal of respect, not just from me, but I'm sure from many other people that they worked with and the organizations that they worked with. And one of the things to keep in mind about selflessness is that this is not about being selfless to the detriment of yourself. And especially as we apply these qualities to your self-leadership, for you to be selfless is not meaning you have to run yourself into the ground. And I think he commented in the podcast interview I listened to that he said women showed a higher competence in this quality than men generally. However, they also noted that women would often go too far with this and that the third quality that we'll look at in a second was something that women often needed to develop more of for themselves. So when you are demonstrating selflessness, what that is is about looking at the bigger picture over and above personal gain. It's a longer-term view. It's not just ego-driven, and I have certainly had experiences of working with and for leaders who were very, very ego-driven. But interestingly, the research shows that when you are highly ego-driven, you actually create real risks for yourself because it gets to a point where you have a bias where you only want to hear information or versions of stories that support your position. And that is a zero-sum game. It's not going to help you grow. So to be developing a broader sense of selflessness actually can help you in the long run as well as the organization. So think about that from a point of view of your own selflessness. How open are you to hearing news that maybe isn't what you want to hear? What about how connected are you to the longer term vision versus just the short term situation? And is there an opportunity for you to bring a level of selflessness that helps elevate your view and your vision and your thinking into that longer-term view, even if that's the longer-term view just for yourself. And the third quality that they identified was empathy. And this is an interesting one because often empathy gets confused with sympathy, but they are slightly different. Empathy is the ability to understand 
and to a certain extent share in the feelings that somebody else has. It doesn't mean that you get down into the pit of despair with that person. What it does mean though is that you approach a conversation with an openness and a curiosity to understand where this person is coming from, what's going on for them, what is it that they are needing or wanting from a certain situation. Because when you take that approach to a conversation, you're more likely to learn more information that will be helpful in coming up with solutions that can be a win-win wherever possible. But this can only happen if you are genuinely present to that conversation. If you are genuinely open to wanting to understand this person and not just waiting, as I said before, to have your turn to talk or for you to win your own argument because you've predetermined before the conversation what outcome you want. Genuine empathy comes from a place of curiosity and openness. This is where true truly effective communication can actually happen. So what about for you? If you're to apply this as a quality to yourself, how well do you demonstrate empathy to others in your life, whether that's your work life or your home life or both? And also really importantly, how do you apply a sense of empathy to yourself first? Because if you can't do that, it's going to impact on your ability to be empathetic for others. So they're the three qualities that he shared are necessary for effective and strong leadership. And so for you to be a leader in your own life, how can you develop these qualities to be more present or stronger in what you do day in and day out? So just recapping quickly, quality number one, mindfulness. Quality number two, selflessness. Quality number three, empathy. Maybe you could just choose one that you feel like you would most benefit from developing a little bit more of for yourself first. So which one will it be for you? Thank you for listening. I hope you have a great week and I look forward to connecting with you in person sometime soon. Thanks for listening to the Transit Lounge. If you liked it, please do me a favor and leave a review so I can keep doing more episodes for you. And come and say hi in the private Facebook group, The Transit Lounge, being CEO you in the business of your life. I really look forward to connecting with you there. And until then, do whatever you can to create a future that you will love through the choices you make today.